Hello and welcome back to the 90s Galore podcast. I'm your host Andy Zaldivar and once again I'm here to take you on a trip back to the decade of the 90s to profile your favorite 90s artists. You know this is our seventh episode and we are so excited about where this podcast is going and what we're doing here. At this point we've been getting some awesome feedback regarding 90s Galore and again we are ecstatic. I'm going to keep doing this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, as long as you want to keep listening. So keep tuning in every episode to see what we have in store for you. As always, I'd like to mention that we are on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, and Breaker. So check those platforms out. And you know what? I I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to to start talking about this episode's featured 90s artist. You know what? Let's get right into it. This artist hails from New York City. She was actually born in the Bronx and then moved to Savannah, Georgia, and then ended up coming back to New York, Yonkers, New York to be exact. She went on to release her debut album, What's the 411, in 1992, and has never looked back. Everything she's ever touched has seemingly gone to turn to gold. She's won Grammy nominations, or Grammy Awards, excuse me. American Music Awards, Billboard Music Awards, not to mention Golden Globe nominations for her role in the film Mudbound in 2017 and an Academy Award nomination for her Best Supporting Actress and Best Song, becoming the first person to be nominated for those categories in the same year. Whew, what a resume. Ladies and gentlemen, the queen of hip-hop soul, the amazing, talented, the voice, Mary J. Blige. And you know what? I love me some Mary J. Blige. She takes me back to the heart of my high school years, to my innocent teenage years. Well, I don't know about innocent, but hey, she definitely triggers those thoughts of reminiscing through my wonder years and just sitting back to think, you guys know what I'm talking about. So Mary J. Blige had a turbulent time during her adolescent years. After her family moved back to Schlobaum houses in Yonkers, she endured years of harassment from her peers, even teaching herself boxing in an effort to protect and defend herself. She dropped out of high school when she was a junior and went to pursue a music career. She was briefly in a band in Yonkers called Pride. In early, excuse me, in early 1988, Blige was in a mall in White Plains, New York, and went into a recording booth there and covered Aretha Franklin's Caught Up in the Rapture. She actually recorded that there. Afterwards, her mother's boyfriend at the time presented the recording to Jeff Red, who was an A&R runner for Uptown Records. Jeff Red, if you recall or if you know, also had a hand in signing Jodeci to Uptown Records, by the way. So Jeff Red hears the, the recording and immediately turns around and lets president and CEO of the label, Andre Harrell, hear it. Obviously, he's going to be impressed, right? And, with that recording and he requests to meet with Mary and ends up signing her to the label as a backup vocalist for hip-hop artist Father MC. When's the last time you heard that name, right? This marked the first female to be signed to the label. Not only that, but the youngest as well. She was 19 years old, I believe. Before Mary's debut album drops in 1992, Mary is featured on hip-hop artist Father MC's song I'll Do For You released on Uptown Records in 1990. The song peaks at at number one on the U.S. Billboard Rap Singles chart and after she gets signed, a man by the name of Sean Puffy Combs 
becomes the producer on the album, as well as Devante Swing of Jodeci fame. The album What's the 411 drops on July 28, 1992, and it peaks at number 6 on the Billboard 200 chart and number 1 on the top R&B hip-hop albums chart. It ends up getting triple platinum certification and just exploding onto the scene. And legend has it that the title What's the 411 was a nod to Mary J. Blige's previous occupation as a 411 operator. And at the time, 411, for those of you who are hip to the lingo, was um, 411 was was lingo for for if you wanted to ask someone for some info, you'd say, "Hey, what's going on? What's the 411?" You know. So it was just uh, some slang lingo there for you. Um, and that was in the early '90s, of course. Uh, the album is received well. Critically, the Alley Times, The Village Voice, Entertainment Weekly, Chicago Tribune all praised the album. And it was this that led to her, her honorific name of the Queen of Hip Hop Soul. Many critics applauded the album's excellent blend of hip hop and soul music. Additionally, what's the 411? Wins two Soul Train Music Awards in 1993, one for Best New RB Artist and another for Best RB Album Female. Not to mention that it was named that year's 30th best album on Paz and Jop, which is a nationwide poll for American critics published by The Village Voice. So needless to say, What's the 411 ended up being one of the 90s most important albums. And uh, What's the 411 saw five singles. The debut was titled You Remind Me. And You Remind Me, I think, is probably my favorite all-time Mary J. Blige song. I'm 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 just gonna say that. I'm just gonna put that out there. I've always loved this song. I mean, 27 years later, and it has stood the test of time for me. It just reigns supreme for me. You know what I'm talking about. So you remind me is released on June 23rd, 1992, and it reaches number 29 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number one on the Hot R&B Singles Chart. The song was also featured on the soundtrack for the movie Strictly Business, starring Tommy Davidson and Halle Berry. Goodness gracious, who remembers that? Talk about back in the day, huh? You Remind Me goes gold, selling over 500,000 copies. So immediately, Mary J. Blige becomes a force with her debut single, and suddenly the queen of hip-hop soul was off and running. I was a junior in high school, and we used to just bump this cassette. I mean, back then you either had the cassette or the compact disc, right? There's no such thing as... uh, uh, yeah, digital. Following the single, You Remind Me, was the song Real Love. Real Love is released on August 25th, 1992, and it becomes her first top 10 hit on the Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number 7. Not only that, but it also peaks at number 1 on the Billboard Hot 100 R&B Hip Hop Songs chart and number 1 on the Billboard Rhythmic chart. And once again, it goes gold by selling 500,000 copies. And again, she just never looked back. She was a star by this time. And the third single released in support of What's the 411 is Reminisce. It drops on October 13th, 1992, a day before my 16th birthday. I'm dating myself now. And it peaks at number six on the Billboard R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. Reminisce contains a sample from the New York rapper MC Light song, Stop, Look, Listen. 
The song is also remixed by famous, or excuse me, famed hip hop artist Pete Rock and CL Smooth later on in 1993. Following the single Reminisce is the single Sweet Thing, released on April 2nd, 1993, and it peaks at number 11 on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. The single is actually a cover of the 1975 song by Rufus and Shaka Khan. And back then, I didn't know it was a cover, so I grew very fond of Mary's version. And to this day, I enjoy her version better. No offense to the originators, but you know how sometimes you you'll hear the the cover first, and you like the, you end up liking the cover better than the original. That's the case here for me. I mean, you can make your own judgment, ladies and gentlemen. In other words, just go listen to Sweet Thing. <laughs> the fourth and final single from What's the Four One One was Love No Limit released on May 10th, 1993. The song peaks at number five on the Billboard Heart R&B, excuse me, Hot R&B Hip Hop Artist chart and number 44 on the Billboard Hot 100. An interesting side note about this song was that the co-writer Dave Hall was quoted as saying that Love No Limit was actually the last record they did on the album. And he stated that Puffy was pressuring him to get the song done. And once he heard it, he said he liked it, but Hall wasn't completely sold that Puffy liked it. They ended up going forward with it, even though it had a much different sound than the rest of the album. And if you listen to the album, you, you know what they're talking about. Um, so, the success of Mary's album catapulted her into the limelight. So one could imagine that her sophomore effort was going to be highly anticipated... So in the winter of 1993, she returns to the studio to record her second album titled My Life. And My Life is released in November of 1994. It's considered her breakthrough album and her most personal at the time because she co-wrote 14 tracks on the album, dealing with themes like depression, being in an abusive relationship, and battling the use of alcohol and drugs. Sean Puffy Combs returns as producer, also Chucky Thompson and Prince Charles Alexander, among others, produced. My Life, like its predecessor, What's the 411, reaches the top 10 on the Billboard 200, peaking at number 7. However, it does debut at number 1 on the Billboard Top R&B Hip Hop Albums chart for 8 weeks. It was also nominated for Best R&B Album at the 38th Annual Grammy Awards. This was also in 1996. It did win the Billboard Award for Top R&B Album in 1995. My Life was certified triple platinum by the RIAA, and I really want to point out how significant this album became because since since that album's released, it since it was released, excuse me, it's gone on to earn multiple accolades, including I'm gonna take a deep breath here. Okay, are you ready? In 2002, it was named to Blender's Top 100 Greatest Albums of All Time. In 2008, it was Entertainment Weekly naming it to its 100 Best Albums from 1983 to 2008 list in 2002 it was named to rolling stones 50 essential female albums in 2010 it was named to rolling stones 100 greatest albums of the 90s in 2003 it was named to rolling stones 500 greatest albums of all time in 1999 it was named to rolling stones essential recordings of the 90s let me catch my breath okay in 2006 time magazine named my life to its top 100 albums of all time list in 1999, it's named to Vibe Magazine's 100 Essential Albums of the 20th Century list. 
And last but not least, in 2007, it's named to Vibe's 150 albums that define the Vibe era. Whew. Wow. I think you get the point, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't heard this album, you need to. I highly recommend it. You'll be glad you did. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after these words. And I'm proud to say that I was listening to my life at its height in 1995, 1996. All the memories. The first single that my life spawned was Be Happy, released in October of 1994, peaking at number six on Billboard's Hot R&B singles chart, followed by her, the cover, her cover of the song I'm Going Down by Rolls Royce, peaking at number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs. It was released on January 18, 1995 as a promo single. Her subsequent single, Mary Jane All Night Long, was another cover this time, Mary Jane Girls All Night Long. And finally, You Bring Me Joy was released on May 28, 1995. The song contained samples from Barry White's song, It's Ecstasy When You Lay Next to Me. The song peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot Dance Club songs, number 29 on the Hot R&B Singles chart, and number 57 on the Billboard Hot 100. Wow, what an album that truly was for Mary J. Blige. Again, I can't say enough about it. Just please go listen. Do yourself a favor and go listen to it. If you have listened to it already, go listen to it again. I mean, it's it's just so good. It's that good. And um, so in between my life and her next album, Mary was involved with various projects. She was highly coveted now in the industry. All the big names wanted to collaborate with her, including Meth and Matt from the Wu-Tang Clan, in which they did a duet called I'll Be There For You, You're All I Need To Get By. And it was a major hit in 1995, peaking at number one on the Billboard R&B Singles Chart and the Billboard R&B, excuse me, Billboard Rap Singles Chart, and number three on the Billboard Hot 100. The song was a remix of Method Man's "All I" song "All I Need," which is, uh, which uh, appears on his 1994 album titled "To Cal." The single did attain platinum certification as well as winning a Grammy for Best Rap Performance by a group or duo in 1996. So how do you like them apples, huh? Some of Blige's other projects, including doing a cover of Aretha Franklin's song, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. She also recorded a song called Not Gonna Cry for the soundtrack to the movie Waiting to Exhale. Moreover, Mary was featured on Jay-Z's breakthrough single, can't knock the hustle from his debut re album reasonable doubt in 1996 so as you can see mary j blige became a big player in the music industry during this time i mean rightfully so right she's immensely talented there shouldn't be any surprise here about that blige finally gets back in the studio and records her third studio album titled share my world released on april 22nd 1997 and it debuts at number one on the u.s billboard 200 album chart her first album to date to debut as a number number one spot on the billboard 200 mary also serves as ex executive producer as well as working with steve stout babyface bryce wilson and jimmy jam and terry lewis having parted ways with sean puffy combs at this time the album is released on mca universal it also attains triple platinum certification by the RIAA, and in 1998, it receives a Grammy nomination for Best R&B Album. Critically, it receives praise by the 
by the publication All Music, quote, her strongest and most confident effort up to that point, unquote. The album also features appearances by Little Kim, Nas, The Locks, George Benson, Roy Ayers. Again, she was in high demand and everyone wanted to work with her. Share My World saw its first single titled Love Is All We Need, released in March of 1997. It features the hip-hop artist Nas, who provides a rap verse on the record, and it peaks at number one on the U.S. Billboard Dance Club Songs Chart. The song features a song from Rick James's 1985 song, 1985 song, Moonchild. Man, I love that song too. Love Is All We Need was followed by the radio promotional single I Can Love You, released on May 6, 1997. I Can Love You reached number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100, and solo hip-hop artist Lil' Kim is featured on the track. The subsequent single that was released on Share My World was the song Everything, peaking at number 5 on the Billboard R&B hip-hop chart. The song features a sample from the stylistic song You Are Everything. Everything was followed by the release of Missing You, released on October 2nd, 1997. The song featured solo R&B artist uh, Shanice on the background vocals. And the song peaks at number 23 on the Bilbo R&B Hip Hop Airplay chart. Finally, in March of 1998, the single Seven Days is released and it peaks at number 3 on the Bilbo R&B Hip Hop Airplay chart. So, going into her fourth album, before she records her fourth album, she toured throughout 1997 and 1998 in support of Share My World. She finally got back in the studio and on August 17, 1999, the album titled Mary was released. It featured Mary once again producing, along with Babyface, Lauren Hill, Chucky Thompson, and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. The album debuted at number two on the Billboard 200 and peaking at number one on the Billboard Top R&B Hip Hop chart, selling over 200,000 copies in its first week. And I think it was obvious that everything Mary did in the 90s, again, turns to gold, right? She was just on fire. A magician, if you will. Unbelievable. The album also goes double platinum. No surprise there, right? She also garners three Grammy nominations for Best R&B Vocal Performance, Best R&B Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group, and Best R&B Album. She also won two Soul Train Lady of Soul Awards. Again, just collecting hardware, right? The first single released was a collaboration with another one of my all-time favorite solo artists, a guy by the name of George Michael, and they covered Stevie Wonder's 1974 song, As. It peaks at number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100. The cover is produced by Babyface, and it also the song also appears on George Michael's Greatest Hits album, by the way, as it as is followed by the release of... Ooh, I absolutely love this song, and it's called All That I Can Say. The single is written and produced by Lauren Hill, who also sang backup vocals on the track, and it earns Mary her sixth Grammy nomination and peaks at number six on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. Following All That I Can Say are the singles Deep Inside, released in September of 1999, featuring Elton John playing his elements from his song Be- Benny and the Jets the single 
Give Me You in March of 2000, and finally Your Child released in May of 2000, which peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot Dance Club play chart. So ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, Mary had a stellar career. I mean, a stellar decade in the 90s, as well as career, right? Unbelievably successful. She's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. One of my all-time favorite solo artists. Since 2000, she's released another nine studio albums and has toured extensively in support of those albums. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, she's also gotten into acting, being nominated for two Academy Awards for Best Original Song and Best Supporting Actress for her role as Florence Jackson in the 2017 film Mudbound. I mean, is there anything this woman can't do? Let me know when you find that out. And by the way, she did get those two nominations for uh, Golden Globes for the same the same role. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been my absolute pleasure profiling Mary J. Blige. I want to thank you for taking this journey with me on this episode of the 90s Galore Podcast. It's truly been a lot of fun. But before I go, again, I'd like to request your feedback on Twitter. Hit me up at YDNAFLO90. That's YDNA. F as in Frank, L O 90. Also, don't forget to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell me how much, tell me how much you just love this podcast. Uh, I want to thank Oz in San Dimas, California for reaching out to the 90s Galore podcast, as well as Jason in Alta Loma, California. Thanks for your input, my man. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, all the listeners. I'm your host, Andy Zaldivar, signing off. Till next time. So, take it easy.